Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Sportive. It's episode 55 on a snowy mid-April day that's just making all of us unhappy to be alive. But the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting tonight, so we've all got our North Stars gear on just for just for old times' sake. Um, Clarence is joining us from where it's not snowing down in Cannon Falls. Not a snowflake. Just all pouring-ass rain, fuckers. <laughs> Stu is joining us from St. Cloud where they have a foot of snow. Oh, yeah, foot of snow. How's it going, you guys? It's going pretty well, Stu. And yeah. also joining us are, are, I would say, resident hockey expert, but he only can join us rarely, so it's for the best. Uh, Hans Van Sluten's here. Hello, hello. Also in St. Paul, like hey, me, it, we established after the podcast last time that we live about four blocks apart from each other. That's not quite <laughs> true, but we basically live in the same neighborhood, so... Hans appears to be possibly drinking a Red Bull, and he's wearing a North Stars hat, so he's ready to go. Really? And, John, you threw on your North Stars jersey, and yep. which jersey is it? Uh, it's I can see it. Denis Hextall, I believe, from possibly the mid-'70s. And from French Canada. And from French Canada, but there were so few choices. I understand. That there... I, assume he, I assume he was a relative of Ron Hextall. <laughs> You you would have to assume, but I don't know that for a fact. John, I got to oh. tell a quick uh, story about my dad and yep. French Canadian North Stars from the nineteen seventies. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> it's not that great, but uh, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name. He uh, he played for the North Stars, and he was just miserable. He was real slow and oafish, and my dad hated Martin him. Martin School. Remember... Senior. Uh, don't remember he. But uh, my, some of the guys my dad works with saw the guy at a bar, saw the player at a bar. Maybe the Thunderbird in Bloomington, I don't know. But uh, Almost definitely the Thunderbird in Bloomington. Probably the Thunderbird. And they told the guy how much my dad loved him, just that he was my dad's <laughs> favorite player. And they gave, they gave him my dad's home address, and the guy sent us a, a, a signed 8, and, 8 by 10 glossy <laughs> and a handwritten letter thanking my father for being such a big fan. And 
uh, you know, <laughs> saying he's not very good and he doesn't have a lot of fans and not many people appreciate his style of play and uh, <laughs> how thankful he was to have my dad as a supporter. And uh, I just remember my dad saying, motherfucker, what the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's really my whole story. And it's not a bad story That's a good story. <laughs> well, if you want to know where my hatred of French Canadian hockey players comes from, it's it's a long <laughs> from story history. From your yeah, father. It's, <laughs> it's not the acorn did not fall far from that oak tree. We're gonna we're gonna spend a lot of time looking at the Wild and the Avalanche and their first round playoff series that starts tomorrow or probably today, unless you happen to listen to this tonight. In which case, what are you doing with your life? But the first thing I want to mention is to congratulate Gleeman and the Gleek on winning the City Pages best what was it best sports podcast 2014 yeah. something like that. Yes, yeah. yes, it was. So I things like this awards like this always sort of make you look inside yourself and be a little introspective about we didn't why we didn't win because we have a sports podcast too it's a local sports podcast so i gave this a lot of thought and here are my reasons that we did not win this award number one we're morons number two yeah our podcast yeah. is terrible Pretty bad. Yeah, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Why we would not win is because we are not good. It's the yeah. same reason why the Twins don't win a lot of baseball games mm-hmm. because they're, they're not, not good. They're not talented. We're, we're, so, bad. we're bad at our job. We have no knowledge, we're not, and we're bad at podcasting. We're yeah. not. We don't have. Yeah. So not us only is not our, winning makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It actually. It, if there's an award for worst sports podcast, I think we'd probably be in the running for that because not only do we have no knowledge, what knowledge we do have, we transfer very poorly to the airwaves. We make up. We make up facts. Um, we do no research. Don't these awards have like a – remember the internet like in the 90s? Sure. There was always like top 10 website. Everybody had those badges on all yep. their websites. They were like oh, yeah. top 100 wired websites and all that crap. Doesn't that have that sort of feel to it? Like this sort of like just meaningless award? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're calling it meaningless because we didn't win. Yeah. Uh, so. Of course. If, if we had if won, we, had... we would do a podcast doing nothing but congratulating <laughs> nothing ourselves. Nothing talking about city pages. But <laughs> actually, I don't think we'd mention it because we'd be embarrassed and out of fear that someone would actually listen to this thing. I think you're right. <laughs> the only reason I come on here is because I know no one's going to listen to it. Exactly. It's a, it's a very low impact low impact podcast. It's a good place to practice for a better podcast. It's like we're the yeah we're the New Britain of we're, podcasts. We're the low A ball of podcasts. <laughs> Fort Myers. We're Fort Myers. Yeah. Anyway, the other two reasons that we came up with are number one, the light rail, and number two, liberal media bias. So those also play oh, a factor. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But the light rail had a lot to do with it too. So. <laughs> All right, let's get on to talking about hockey and talking about the Avs and the Wild Series. There, I got a lot of numbers that I've written down here, and I want to go through it a little with Hans, who is the numerical expert. I wrote expert. down a number. <laughs> what number did you write down, Can you get, Guess. Uh, I'm going to guess it was 69. 69. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. You know, I think we're in the running for City Page's best of 2015. Just keep our head down, shoulder to the wheel. Nose to the grindstone. Just work hard every day, John. Mm-hmm. I actually it's all about effort. When I was looking, when I was reading about this series, the first thing I read was Scott Burnside on ESPN.com who picked the Wild to win in seven. So I sort of had wow. the idea that a lot of people were picking the Wild to win this series. 
So I went out and tried to find some other ones, went on ESPN. They had a whole list of expert predictions. TSN had a bunch of expert predictions. NHL.com had a list, and not one other person in the entire world is picking the Wild to win this series. No, the uh, NHL Bracket Challenge, uh, I think 78 or 87% of people picked the Avalanche. Yeah, and that that number's actually a little low because some of the people are just filling it out like an NCAA bracket and picking whichever team is farther north or something like are that. Are the Avalanche considered a cup frontrunner as well, or is this just a series uh, thing? No, I don't think so, and we're going to go over a few reasons why, I think, too. Okay. okay. Um, the one... The one reason that a lot of people are picking against the Wild is the goaltending situation with Ilya Brzezgalov and Nets, who absolutely nobody is confident in, possibly including Ilya Brzezgalov. So the first thing I wanted to look at was a little bit of the goaltending numbers. And you look into these things a little bit. The Wild didn't get more than 29 games out of any single goaltender. They just It's been completely inconsistent, mostly thanks to injuries. But the Avs have Simone Varlamov, who almost led the league in games, played 63 games this year, so he's a number one goalie to end all number one goalies. And I think he was pretty high on the save percentage ratings, too. The number I wrote down was the, his 5-on-5 five five save percentage was 93.5%, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wild, on the other hand, Brizgalov is a little under 93. Kemper's in the 93.5 range as well, though. And he's possibly returning for this series. So I think my question for Hans is, do we see a significant advantage for the Avs because of Varlamov? Or is it just the is it just what people assume is true because Briskolov is a nutcase and Kemper is a rookie and Varlamov is an established goaltender? Well, I think I'm going to make your day or you're just going to call me crazy because, honestly, I think, I think the Wild have this series. Um, really? I'll tell you, yeah. Wow. That is a hot sports take, my friends. <laughs> yep. That is. And I'll tell you why. One is because there's nothing that regresses to the mean more in hockey than save percentage. It is the most random. I mean, if you take a look at Var- Varlamov's save percentage over the years, 2009 it was 91.8. 2010 it was 90.9. 2011 it was 92.3. Uh, 2012 it was 91.3. Last year it was 90.2, and then this year it is like 93.5. fact of the matter is is he's not a 93.5 save goalie because no one is, because it always regresses back to the to the mean, which this year looks like it was about, uh, I think I have that somewhere around here. It was about 92. Sure. I think it was, uh, no, is that right? Yeah, it was 92. So, yes, he's been playing crazy good right now. There's no question about it. That could disappear at literally any time. And because he is the reason why they're there, I think is the reason why the Wild... Now, don't get me wrong. Short series like this, it's almost up to chance who's going to win this one. But honestly, when you look at the numbers, I think that I think Varlamov, if he does not continue to play like he has been, which is just as likely as that he will continue to play like that, um, the Wild have a very good chance to win. That was sort of the point that I was looking to make, too, in that everyone's saying, well, Brzezgalov is going to be the difference because he's terrible. But if Varlamov is terrible, the Avs are nowhere. I think the numbers show, I was looking at the PDO numbers, the numbers show they're above average. They're, they've basically been lucky the whole season. Yeah, I mean, they're at 102, uh, 102.2 or 10.22, whatever you want to call it. Basically, they're 22 points above average for PDO, which is really high. Anything above 20 
is basically you are just asking to regress. Now, keep in mind that regression may not happen right now. They may continue to play way above their skill set all the way to the Stanley Cup. That's that's the other that's the other point about the Avs though is I think we talked about this a number of times throughout the year that well the Avs are good now but they can't possibly stay this good because all of the numbers show that they can't possibly be this good. Well, that's my point with the Avs is you're comparing. I'm not calling him Simone. I'm not calling a grown man Simone. Call I'm calling him Simon. Uh, has done it all year long. It's not like Brizgala where he had a you know what a seven to ten game stretch. There, where he played very well, and regression could happen more, much more easily because it was just a, a small stretch of games where Simon or the Avs have done it for 82 games. It's not a small sample size any longer when you do it over 80 games. No, but I think, and I think this, we've only been talking about save percentage, but if you look at like their Fenwick, and basically if you just look at their shooting, they are mm-hmm. one of the worst. They, they're one of the lowest shooting teams in the league right now. Which we don't like at the sport. We like teams that shoot. We, so yeah. we, we want them can't to pick the ass. Yep. And uh, if you look at them, they're actually worse than the Wild, which is saying a lot. They're actually so, worse yeah. than a number of teams that are remarkably bad teams. Yes. They're down among your Edmontons and your Buffaloes. So if you start looking at um, their Fenwick, which is in close situations, and when I... I guess for the people that don't know, when you talk about Fenwick and Corsi, which we talked about a little bit last time, um, when you do look at those, you want to look at like the even strength, um, close stats as much as possible. Because, and close means when it's uh, within one or two points um, in the first or second period, or within, or tied in the third period. Goal. And the reason okay. you want to do and and even strength because what you want to do is you want to you want to filter out all the power plays, penalty killing, and you want to filter out when people are ahead in the third period or if they're ahead by three or four points, they tend to play much more defensively. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty obvious, and so they're not going to be shooting as much. They're going to be sitting back and blocking shots more. So those kind those can skew what the stats really what the stats really say. So you try to look at situations where they're, the game's close and it's not near the end of the game so that you can really narrow down to, like, when this team's playing at 100%, how are they playing? And when you look at Fenwick in those situations, um, the Avalanche are at uh, 46.8%, according to this one. Which makes, the Wild, them, makes them one of the worst five teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, you want that to be above 50%. You want to be shooting more than you're being shot on, basically. Um, the Wild aren't great either. They're at 48.6. But they've been getting a lot better lately in the last, probably in the last month, two months. Yeah, if uh, if you look at sort of a graph of the, the, the rolling percentages, the rolling Fenwick percentages, the Wild start off the year great, then they're terrible for about three straight months, and then they're good again at the end of the year, or at least up to average yeah, at the end so, of the year. It's sort of the letter U. Yeah, so for the last month, they've really been playing really good hockey. They've been shooting more. They've been getting shot on less. So, and huh. that's not that's not as much true of the, the Avalanche. And that's why I think between that and the save percentage, um, I think there's a very good chance for the Wild to take this series. Why do you think the Wild have been playing better the last month? What are some reasons? 
Not yo. I don't know. Um. <laughs> I, can, I can take this one. I can take this one. I think when they benched Danny Heatley, that seemed to have really had a positive effect on the team. I think you are correct. <laughs> huh. And the crowd and goes who, wild. Who has been advocating the benching of Heatley for roughly 24 months? You know, I, I think know. that was a sporting I'll give podcast. A hint. <laughs> yeah, he's on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was laughing at myself. So John, that was John stupid. that was doing that? Or yeah. That, no, that, no, that was no, Stu, I think, that was doing no, that. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, other than he, other than the benching, because it can't just be one guy. Even I admit that it's not just the benching of one guy, even though I've been advocating it for months. It can't just be one guy. What are some other reasons, do you think, other than the benching of Heatley? I think, That's, near as I can tell from the stats, Matt Molson has been pretty helpful, too. He's been... Not the Wilds' best forward. I think Parisi and Koivu, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, and Hans can correct me on this, but if I'm not mistaken, those two are sort of stand out above everybody else in terms of who the best players on the Wild are in shot percentage and stuff. But and since we have Hans on, what in a st- for a t- statistical reason why Molson is improved? You, you know what Molson does a lot of is he, does he takes a lot puck. of shots. Yep, he shoots right. a ton. Yeah, he shoots as much as, as Zucker does. Um, shoots a lot of pucks. Can you imagine if yeah. someday you had Matt Molson and Jason Zucker on the same line? So many shots. There would not be Just, enough pucks. And they don't play a similar game. I mean, Molson isn't you know super fast. He's just a gritty guy in front of the net, and Zucker's more skilled, fast guy. But what they do share is shooting a lot of pucks. Yeah, I mean, if you look at um, like Molson and you know, just trying to pick one out, he, Molson's played about half the games of Kanapka, and he's mm-hmm. shot like uh 20 more times than or there's been 20 there's been shooting on the ice 20 more times while he's on the ice so uh, it may not necessarily be him but i mean well it also it also is worth pointing out that zina kanapka was basically like the dennis rodman of hockey unless somebody handed him the ball with nobody in front of him and he was right next to the hoop he wasn't going to try to shoot the puck no, he's just going to dump it in the corner and try to put his face on it and get a stoppage well, and mm-hmm. if you look at like, um, it looks like Duchesne is going to be out indefinitely with a bruised knee. I don't know what that means, but you know he's probably one of their top players right now um, in terms of Corsi and Fenwick. Yeah, and and even on even in point shares on Hockey Reference, um, we've got Duchesne really high up there, and he's he's going to be out of there. I mean, Stasny's still still playing, so. But here's the thing. I was looking a little bit at the Corsi stats for individual players. And the guys you'd expect for the Wild are up at the top, Koivu and Parisi. And... Well, John, I'm sorry. To, we need to explain Corsi. Yeah, we quick. probably do. I think 90% Hans, give of us... people listening, give us 30 words of Corsi and Fenwick. Yeah, give us the primer again. We did a whole episode about this, but let's do the quick primer again. Okay. So basically, Corsi is, at its core, it's shots on goal, um, any sort of shots on goal. Um, divided by the shots against while a player is on the ice. So shots, blocks, um, trying to think. Um, shots whether they the reach net. the net or not. Yeah, yeah whether, whether they, they reach, reach the, the net. net or not. Shot attempts divided by shots attempts against. Yeah, and it's while, while a player is on the ice. So While a player is on the ice. So, okay. the, so if the Corsi for a player is 44%, that means while he was on the ice, his his team shot the puck um, uh, 44% less of the time than they were shot upon. It doesn't mean necessarily that he was doing the shooting. Nope. 
Now, Fenwick is just basically the same calculation, but it just strips out blocked shots because there's been some research that has found that blocked shots has a certain amount of skill involved that a team can actually affect that, and I think that's mm-hmm. kind of an intuitive feeling as well. Um, and so we use Corsi because uh, it's just a sample size issue. With, with Corsi, you need a lot of these shots to really start getting a sense of what it is. And sure. I think it's around 1,000 shots, but I'm not exactly sure about that. But mm-hmm. um, with players, you just don't get enough shots because they're not on the ice enough. So with players, we tend to use Corsi. With teams, you have a lot more shots, and so you can use Fenwick, and you can strip out the block shots. And it's, 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 uh, I think there's like a 95% correlation between Fenwick and uh, winning games. I, I think that was, by the way, I think that was the main thing I learned from last time we had Hans on the podcast was use Corsi for players, use Fenwick for teams, maybe use Corsi early in the season for teams just because you need that larger sample size. So if you learn nothing else, be like me and learn that, everyone. Yep. And PDO, let's do a quick PDO primer too because I mentioned that already. Oh, okay. Yeah, PDO is, is super easy because it's just uh, save percentage plus uh, shooting percentage for a team. And uh, so if you think about it, um, you know, your save percentage is usually between 8 and 12, or the shooting percentage is usually between 8 and 12%. Your save percentage is usually in the 88 to 90%. Um, across the league, if you added those up, it's always going to be 100 or 1,000, depending on what where you want to put the decimal point. It doesn't matter. Because every shot is either a save or a goal, every shot exactly. on a goal. So for the league, it's 1,000. Yep. And research has been done that has found that if a team's save percentage plus shooting percentage is above um, a thousand, it'll regress back to a thousand, and if it's below a thousand, it'll regress to a thousand. Now, the scale over which that happens is basically if you're at 120 in the first quarter of a season, over the next three quarters of the season, it'll re- it'll regress to a thousand ninety percent of the time. So there's a really strong chance that it's going to regress. Now that's over an entire season, though. So like I said. You can play well above your skill level for short periods of time, or in the case of the Avalanche even, you know, there's still a 10% chance they're going to play out of their minds for an entire season, and it doesn't catch up with them. That's just the nature of the game. There's a lot of randomness in the game, and sometimes you just keep rolling sixes. (laughs) The funny thing was last year this team was the Toronto Maple Leafs that made the playoffs despite having horrible numbers. and. They managed to keep it rolling all the way up until there was like a minute left in their game against Boston, <laughs> yep, and Boston. then it regressed Whoops. in that next 75 <laughs> seconds. Whoopsie doodle. That was so sad. All the regression <laughs> happened at one time. Oh, man. Now, one thing, one thing I want to point out, though, is about PDO is it's save percentage plus shooting percentage, and that tends to regress to 1,000. But the save percentage portion of it regresses much more commonly than the shooting percentage. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of intuitive. Now, the skill component of shooting is still highly debatable in not in terms of that there are better shooters than others, oh. but that that the noise of shooting overbears on the actual quality of shooting. But in shooting it's it's not as noisy as the save percentage. Whereas save percentage, it's honestly like you shoot pucks at a goalie enough, they're gonna get through. Hmm. Um, and it's just it's, puck. it's the nature of the beast. And if you've ever read like Ken Dryden's book, The Game, he kinda comments on that that you know, it's the loneliest job in the world to sit there knowing that you're gonna you're gonna get scored on eventually if they just keep shooting on you. So shoot the puck, shoot, shoot the, the puck. puck. So anyway, that's that's our quick quick and dirty statistical primary. Go, but you can go back and find the other episode we we had with Hans where we talk about all this at great length. So 
if you're so inclined or if you happen to be one of the people who catalogs these things like our guy Wade who is pretty much our podcast historian maybe just tweet Wade at Gadfly2727 on Twitter and he'll tell you all about the whole thing he so basically uh, just to summarize you are picking the wild because one the Colorado is going to regress to the mean their what the results have not been sustainable and two they are injured yeah basically more okay. because I think they're more because I think that they're playing well above their heads than the fact that they're injured. Although they do have injuries, but so does so do the Wild. I mean, we don't even know who the goalie's going to be yet. <laughs> That's <laughs> although it does look like Granlund is going to play, which is a benefit for a team that needs as many top six forwards as they can get. Yeah, I just I'm I'm always concerned about players coming back off of injuries. I suppose that. Do we have any statistics to back that up, or are we just concerned in general? That's just my that's my non scientific opinion. <laughs> Hans, we never have non scientific opinions on this podcast. That's not what we do here. We are fact based. We we talk about nothing but numbers. That's the important thing. Right. I'm surprised you still have all your. I, I was tweeting with Hans the other night, and he was at the Twins game when it was about I think 15 degrees. What was it that night? Yeah, it was. It was damn cold. No, it wasn't as last year. Um, I went to about six or seven games with my wife in April. And I don't know if you guys remember, but it snowed in May last year. So I do remember that. They played Christmas carols over the PA last year during the game. So, but no, it was cold. It was 35 degrees and about 5,000 people in the in the park. But Here's the real question. Are you wishing for the Metrodome back yet? No, no. Then it doesn't matter. No. Not Baseball shouldn't be played in a dome. No. All right, I want to I want to bring up something that our good friend Mike Randball Rand posted today about what the Wild actually. I, I think is the point he was trying to make is what do they need to do to convince you that they're moving in the right direction? And what I said was nothing they do in this series can possibly matter because it's such a small sample size that it doesn't prove anything that the previous eighty two games haven't already proven. So I'm wondering if you guys are on board with that or if you disagree with that. Um, well, I read the article, and uh, I don't know if it was an article, more of a blog post, but um, there's two views of this. Me, personally, I agree with you. I think it's a small sample. It doesn't mean anything about the direction of the team. Um, in terms of the the general populace, the the fan on the street, I think it means, I mean, I think it means a ton, honestly. I mean, I think... That's how the fan looks at the game. If you don't win the cup or at least get somewhere in the playoffs, it means that there needs to be changes. Now, I think there's a lot of stuff that they could do to improve this team, but I don't think that the playoffs are going to tell us anything about that. No, that's that was exactly the point I was trying to make was what the playoffs are likely to tell us are that Ilya Brizgalov is not a number one goalie and that Darcy Kemper is 11 years old. Something along those lines are more likely to be the takeaway from the podcast or takeaway from the podcast. But you know, honestly, takeaway though, from I, the playoffs. I, I I have a lot of trouble with you know. I listen to some. I listen to like the ESPN hockey podcasts and stuff, and they they always talk about this. Well, you know, he doesn't play. In, he hasn't played in the playoffs. He doesn't have the playoff experience. And it's like, you know, honestly, these are these are professionals. This is the same sport they've been playing for eighty two games, and. You're going to tell me that because he hasn't been playing in the playoffs before that he suddenly is going to forget how to be a goalie? No, I think it's... Yes. I think, I think, I'm going to tell you that. Absolutely. <laughs> I will tell you that 
playoff hockey. I will tell you that playing in a big game is completely different than playing in a regular season game in Dallas in December. Playing against Colorado tomorrow night will be different than just playing a random game in San Jose in January. I think completely I think, different. I think what you're going to see is if he does really well, people are going to say, "Wow, he really is a good playoff." Uh, goalie, or they're gonna. If he loses, they're gonna say, "Well, see, now he can't play in the playoffs." And I think it's all and gonna be random. I do not. I think to dismiss the mental aspect of playing in the postseason is uh, to. I'm not dismissing it, but to to dismiss the fact that they have that he's got all all the muscles in his body are basically functioning without his control. I mean, when you get to no, that though, level, though, that's a different thing. We're talking completely about the mental capacity and how those, that can override. The muscle memory that you have over an 82 game season. I'm not. I'm willing to say that 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 can play a role, but to say that that will cause like an epic collapse and is the reason why they lose is that's hard for me to believe. But you know, we can it's agree unlikely, but it, it sure could happen. I always feel like the so and so isn't good in the playoffs, and can guys really play in the playoffs thing is mostly caused by your typical Jim Suhan-style columnist who's watched four games this entire year, but now is going to pay attention because he knows that's what everybody on everybody's I just feel like it's the, I just feel like it's the exact, it's a perfect example of confirmation bias, yeah. where if he if he doesn't perform, it's, well, see, he can't play in the playoffs, but if he does, it's just such a small group of games that so much can happen randomly. And you know what, to, to your point, guards, I think, yeah, maybe it's possible that it plays a big role. But for us to be able to say we can figure out if that was what the reason was from six games is hard for me to say that. There's no way we can figure it out, but you're focusing on the media aspect of it and you're ignoring what players say about playing in the playoffs and how when the puck is dropped or the first pitch is thrown or the ball is snapped, how the game feels different to them. And some are able to overcome it and just ignore it and go back to playing the way they did all season long, and some simply are not. They all, all players talk about it. Nobody has ever said, no, that playoff game was exactly like just a regular season game. Not one player has ever said that. They've said that they can ignore it. Some can. Some cannot. And we don't know until the game starts. But isn't, so it also, to- isn't it also sort of true that the guys who everyone say, well, he's really good in the playoffs, also tend to be the guys who are really good during the regular season too? No, that's not what I'm talking You're talking about it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter. It's not the, that the playoffs are not the reason why some guys fail. And I'm saying it certainly can be. Okay. And I, I'll give you this. I'll say, Clarence, I think you're, I think you're right in that it's potentially could make an issue. I don't that's think all I'm that, saying. I don't think that we can know that. No, we cannot. I based agree. on their performance, which is going to sound weird to people, but and that's what the media does, is based on their performance in six games or seven games or whatever, they're going to say, this guy can't perform in the playoffs, and, and I don't think we can figure that out. You're right. I agree. Do we? Uh, unless he admits it, that he just says, man, I just couldn't overcome the spotlight. And yeah, if, it he, just if, he says, uh, if he says, I'm just a crappy goalie in the playoffs, I shouldn't be on a playoff team, then I'll, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> and that is some brutal honesty out of yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is his level of self-awareness you don't usually see out of I think his agent athlete. would actually drop him if he said something. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Do we remember anybody who specifically did not play well during last year's playoff series other than the obvious answer, which is everybody? All of them. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Zucker played well in the play. Are you asking who did play well in the playoffs? Who did not Zucker... play well during the playoffs last year. Everybody. Anybody. Nobody played well except for Zucker. That was it. So, but we're not saying that none of the guys on the Wild who were there last year are bad in the playoffs, right? We don't know. Well, we don't know that. I mean, it, there's a knock against Parisi that he's never been. You know, the Devils fans kind of rip on him for. for not I think being... the national media. A lot of people are going to be saying that the Wild are not a playoff ready team because but although I didn't someone I think someone did a like added up the years of playoff experience and I think the Wild have actually quite a few more years of playoff experience than the, the Avalanche do. Certainly than the Avalanche do. The Avalanche sense. Yeah. The Avalanche probably have more got more games of NCAA hockey playoff experience than they do NHL. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> I mean they're just they're an incredibly young team, but somehow Patrick Wall of all people has them playing well. I'm not buying that either. Yeah, <laughs> and there, you know, Patrick Waugh is kind of a weird case in that he both has a sparkling playoff reputation and also a terrible playoff reputation. Just yes, from yeah. some of the, because he won Stanley Cups and he also had games where he almost he literally could not stop a beach ball. Right, the A Rod of yep, he, of the he, NHL. he he is the A Rod of the NHL playoffs. That's an excellent comparison. Yeah, and I don't know what I mean. I don't think we know what level that a coach can affect. I think in hockey, the coach can probably have a bigger effect than, say, baseball, um, where they're basically glorified babysitters. But um, I don't know how much of a role that Yo plays in affecting, you know, what they're doing. Now, I do know that it seems like they're not, you know, sitting in the slot enough or they feels like they're not shooting enough. And I think that's something that he could do by affecting their playing style. But I don't know if, I don't know what he could do beyond that. Uh, by the way, I think Brandon has joined us. Yotis, Yotis B. Oh, Jesus Christ. What happened there? Semen? Semen cut? Oh, boy. Yeah. Grandpa here. Brandon straight off of a baseball game, if I'm not mistaken. Did you pitch tonight, Brandon? I did. How'd you pitch? Shoved it up their asses. Felt good. Did you really? Let's let's it's hear so the line. Rare. It's so rare oh, these wow. days. Uh, three innings, one hit, six strikeouts, one walk. Holy cow! That's really good. How? Wow. <laughs> it's early. My arm my arm isn't doesn't usually get hurt till like my fourth game, and then it <laughs> and falls this apart. is against other adults. Yep. Yep. In Holy Texas, cow, right? adult league. Texas men. And- Yep. This is baseball, not slow pitch. Or... Not softball. No. That would be a really wow. impressive line for softball, though. That would be, <laughs> yeah. That'd be even more impressive. This is impressive on its own. Yeah. Well, yeah, good. Good night. Well, well pitched, man. I, I still I think. Gonna, I was going to take my time getting here, but I got a text from Stu saying, please hurry. They're still talking hockey. <laughs> <laughs> That's untrue. <laughs> it is untrue. Well, Brandon, you're here just in time for our playoff picks. Hans has already picked the Wild to beat the Avs, so I'm going to go to Clarence and see what his pick is here. Uh, I, I'm i not picking a Minnesota team in the playoffs. That Why would somebody do something like that? Um, been around this block once or twice, so I'm going to pick the Avs, and then if the Wild win, I'll be uh, pleasantly surprised. But I'm picking the Avs in six. How many games? Uh, how many games do you have, Hans, for the Wild? I think I'd probably go. I don't know. Uh, probably six. 
All right, Wild and Six. Brandon? I'm going to go with uh, oh. San Jose. They look like they're pretty good. <laughs> See, you know, you can participate or you can be a jerk. And you chose the jerk route, and I'm not sure why. I just was taking a playoff team. I need a team just in general, so I think I'm going to go with San Jose this year. But, not uh, to pick the Stanley Cup. I know. This I just series. For this down. series, oh. Wild or Abs? Uh, abs. In? How many, what is this, a seven-game series? <laughs> yes. Why do I do this podcast? <laughs> Honestly. I think do I have a six. reason? The Colorado Avalanche in six. <sighs> Stu? I think, um, I, I, I don't see how the Wild can lose. I'm, I'm going with the Wild in seven. Wild oh. in seven? I'm with Clarence. I don't see any reason to pick a Minnesota team, so I'm going abs in five. I think Ray Bork's still on the squad. (laughs) No, he's dead. He he died about 10 years ago. Oh, oh my God. That's tragic. Yeah. Is this breaking news? No, no, it happened quite a while ago. Oh, boy. Yikes. John, if uh, the Wild lose in five, uh, does Yo keep his job? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a little bit. I I think Fletcher keeps his job. in no matter what. Everybody kind of knows that, but... Uh, yo, does he keep his job? I, if they lose in four or five, I, well, if, if, if they get way, swept, if they look like no. they did last year, if yeah. they look like they did last year, where they were just not really all that competitive, yeah. the, the best players didn't play well, um, will he keep his job? I don't know. I think it's a, I, yeah, I don't know. I think you're right. question because there's no, I don't know, know that anybody knows. If they get swept, I say no. If they lose in five, I say eh, 50-50. Anything else, maybe it's there's enough shine on that tennis shoe to make him last until next year. <laughs> Here's the way I look at it. I look at it from the owner's perspective. The owner at the beginning of the season did not say to himself, this is a team that's going to finish seventh in the conference and uh, will be out in the first round of the playoffs. He had higher expectations than that. So now, end of the season... They finish seventh. They lose in the first round of the playoffs. He will be disappointed, and he's he's not going to fire Fletcher. But is he going to be so disappointed that he would fire Yo? And I don't think that that's a unreasonable question. I th- I think there's a legitimate chance he does fire yeah. the coach. Well, I mean, any owner is a little more involved than he. Well, I I take that back. Leopold is pretty involved and wants to make a difference. The poll ads couldn't care less, but Leopold specifically seems like he's really involved, wants to make a difference, and is the kind of guy who would fire a coach to try to take the franchise up. Well, in, uh, just to dive a little bit deeper, and then we can move on, because we have talked about hockey a lot. More specifically to my point is every year Leopold – spends more money, and Fletcher makes big moves at the trade deadline for offense. This team has been so focused on adding large offensive pieces, and every year under Yo's system, they never get any better at offense. They continue to be at the bottom of the league in scoring. And at some point, you just have to say somebody needs to be held accountable. That's what I could see Leopold saying mm-hmm. is, Every year at the deadline, we trade for a relatively big piece. Pominville last year, Molson this year. We keep adding offensive pieces, and they never 
improve their score. And every game is two to one. And every game is two to one. Whose fault is that? It's it's yeah, can't you keep being me. the players' fault. At some point, you keep adding all this talent on the offensive side. Maybe it's the system. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just from an owner's perspective. Don't you couldn't you see him saying that and just saying we got to change something up? We can't keep being 25th, 26th in the league in scoring after adding all of this offensive talent. Yeah, there's yes. no excuse for the amount of talent on this team. You can't tell me that this team can't get further in the playoffs. That's my point. I'm not saying it's right. I just, I'm not the biggest yo hater in the world. I'm just looking at it from the owner's perspective, and that's it. Yeah, that I'm actually not the makes a lot of hater sense. Either, but I think that he, I don't feel like he's adding anything to the team right now. I think he's made some really weird decisions with the line changes. Absolutely. Um, I just, I just don't have confidence that he. I mean, and you know, maybe it's just that stupid look he always has on his face, like he has no <laughs> idea what's going on. But, <laughs> Uh, the uh, young face. <laughs> I just feel like when he would look at him in, and in the interviews, he just looks like, well, I, I don't know. Well, I guess we're just going to try this now. Yeah, so. he's sort of, he's the, for, for all you Timberwolves fans, he's the Randy Whitman of hockey coaches. He just <laughs> oh, has Jesus. the look on his face like, what? <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I think that's fair. All right, Brandon, now that you're here, do you have anything to mention about the Wolves? They won your bet for you. They did. Amazing. I can't believe it happened. Just to, um, to recap for anybody who missed it, Brandon had the Wolves had the over on the Wolves winning thirty nine and a half games this year. And, and they half. won forty. Yep. And I think a lot of other um I think the line went up right after I got it by a game or two. So um I'm one of the lucky few to win that bet, which is amazing. Um I'll probably take the over again next year. We'll see what happens. And I, I you know it. They're right at the end of their final game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. It's 107-107 mm-hmm. right now. So okay. yep. we'll see if you end up actually clearing it by just a half or if you're going to clear it by a game and a half. Uh, no matter what happens tonight, uh, super disappointing season. It should show, teach us all a lesson. We should not ever have expectations at all for the Wolves. Um, for so, anyone. Uh, not for just anyone. for the Wolves. Just... For anyone. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So that was bad. Not not very fun. But um, without, if there were, weren't any expectations on this team, I think it probably would have been a really fun season because, you know, Rubio was healthy and Love had some amazing games and Dang emerged at the end. Like there was a lot of good stories. The only, it was just none of it um, was able to overcome the fact that they should have had a lot better record. Um, I still blame Adelman. Probably will continue for forever. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what sort of what sort of coach they get. Yeah, is uh, is Adelman coming back next year or is he gone? Adelman's gone. 100%? 95. Okay. What's the narrative on Adelman? What is the – is it just that his wife got sick and he just had lost interest in coaching? Because he didn't just forget so. how to coach. I mean, he he's not just a one- or two-year coach. He's been around forever. He didn't just suddenly forget how to coach basketball. It's just too bad, isn't it? He, his wife got sick, and he just lost all interest in in trying. It's just that's the story, right? Or is there something I'm missing? No, I think that's right. I, you know, I don't know exactly how much to attribute to his wife, or if it's just he's he's coasting a little bit on not understanding the game enough, and the game is changing to a pretty, um, you know, maybe not drastically, but it is changing every single year. The importance on three pointers and um, getting to the foul line and and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, 
I think it changed it to a point where he didn't want to put the effort in to, um, to change with it. Um, so yeah, I just seemed to be coasting and not really making many changes. And he was weirdly like impatient with Rubio this season. He pulled him way too much out of fourth quarter games. Um, just unacceptable. And there, and there's really no way for him to, in my mind, really justify that besides he's just a grumpy old guy mad at the young kid for fucking around. It looks like on the court and puts in Brea who was a million times worse. And that happened over and over and over. And I have to think that that was a reason for at least two extra losses just for that one um, specific um, thing that he kept doing. So yeah, I don't know. Just same story as every other old person. (laughs) World passes you by. I just want to mention I'm completely distracted right now because Hans is spinning a rugby ball in his hands while you talk, and it's just confusing me so much that I don't know exactly what I to do. I was trying to talk. I don't even know what I said the last 45 seconds. I'm mesmerized. <laughs> you were talking about basketball. That's just why I was playing with the rugby ball. Why do you, playing with your ball? Why do you have a rugby <laughs> ball, Hans? Because I just wanted to get a sense of what it was actually like because I've been watching so much rugby ball, rugby lately that uh, – have you been watching Never. like league rugby and stuff too? Club rugby, I should say. Hans, why are you I was wa- I was watching like <laughs> the, uh, did John give you twenty dollars for this? <laughs> you guys are all going to be pissed when you have to do your own podcast, and me and Hans do one. <laughs> John's birthday present. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching like the Six Nations and then like the the Sevens and stuff like that. So. All right. Well, sure. You got through your entire DVR. And everything else on TV, and you finally fell on that, huh? Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's better than basketball, so. <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> oh, wow. That's all right. I didn't invent the sport. I'm okay with it. <laughs> why? Why has the game changed so much, Brandon? You mentioned that the game is changing every year, but three pointers are still worth three, and free throws are still a good thing. And I think we've always known those things. Why, in the last few years, has it become even more a prevalent part of the NBA? Um, computers. <laughs> oh, the old computers. Nice, right? and people always knew that walks were good, but they didn't really understand how important they should be in baseball. So True. I think it's um, somewhat similar to that. People knew that three-pointers were good and getting to the foul line was good, but not to a not to a degree like it is today. So Okay. Well, I think people just realize that. Um, long two-pointers are not only something that you probably shouldn't really focus on, but are, are really, really, really risky to do, just considering the the percentage that people hit on those. Um, but I don't know why it took this long for people to figure it out. Um, you know, it's probably similar to other sports as well, where a few, a few smart guys adopt early and everybody else thinks that they're idiots, and it takes pretty uh it takes a few years for it to get down to the masses so it seems like it is at this point right now um or at least getting there and it's fun to it's fun to watch the game change a little bit like that so it keeps keeps me interested at least why does the last two minutes take 30 minutes um too many timeouts yeah they need to And they huh. do a uh, and they do um, too many timeouts. Did anybody ever suggest any rule changes to eliminate timeouts? I think only every single person who's ever watched basketball. <laughs> no, eliminate them completely. <laughs> timeouts are now illegal at all times of the game. And fighting right. is all right. You I remember that part to too. the other, my my friend. I think I Zero think a couple of them um, is 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 
pretty good at, at certain points. Um, no. But yeah, I think, you know, I, I understand you want maybe one or two just to... St- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Stop momentum during the um during a quarter and then maybe maybe one at the end just to set something up, but I can't imagine no. why you'd need more than more than three and a half, and I think think they get more than that. So so there's that, and there's also fouls, and there's also the instant replay, like at the end of games where they watch. So, um, all right, I just I came know. up. It's I just came up with a great idea. Institute an NBA rule where if you foul in the last two minutes, like Istanbul, they they cut off your hands. Like where if you <laughs> Rob somebody in Istanbul, your your hands are cut off, or I may have mixed up the cities. It doesn't particularly <laughs> matter the city, but right. if you foul somebody in the last two minutes, not only no, your hands are cut off at center court. Okay, this is a little different game than okay. So kill your first. I mean, that would. I just want to. I just want to point out that Istanbul is in Turkey, which is a representative democracy. So one with its own it's, problems, it's but <laughs> if the majority thinks it's a good idea, I mean, <laughs> uh, what what's the downside of disincentivizing fouls in the last two minutes? Um, I think that probably falls under cruel and unusual punishment. I don't know if that's no. Don't downside. go all constitution. Oh, yeah. You think Dave Stern cares about the constitution? Yeah. Well, he could care less. But if you yeah, disincentivize yeah, fouling, that just gives the refs an extra way to make things great for LeBron and Kobe, if you know what I mean. So, oh, they can get everybody's hands chopped off? No problem. That's yeah. actually a good point. Yeah. No, it's frustrating, though. I think that and um, refereeing are kind of the two biggest issues. Uh, refereeing and, and the end of game collusion are probably the two oh. biggest also collusion with the NBA and college is worse in both ways, which yes, sucks it is. even more because that should be so much more fun than it is. But, uh, oh, well, bad here's, season. Here's my great solution it. for making basketball better. Just go running time. Ball goes into the crowd. Go get it yourself. Get it back in as soon as possible. Do it like soccer. Yep. Or... Do it like soccer. Then you can introduce time wasting. and It'll be even worse. Got every single suggestion you give us on our sports john is just make it more like soccer yep that's exactly i love soccer so much (laughs) in 50 years we'll be standing there watching us first team to 100 points (laughs) yeah okay that's first team to 100 points would actually be kind of awesome Uh (laughs) uh-huh especially for one of those total brick laying games that normally would end 78 to 74 but 
it would be even better in college when it would take Big Ten teams four and a half hours to get to 100. It would have to be like cricket matches where they come back the next day. Yeah, exactly. All right, this is a three-day Big Ten college basketball game. First <laughs> yeah. one to 100. At the close uh, of the play on day one, it's Michigan 31, <laughs> Minnesota 30. <laughs> so many clanks. We'll be back again for the morning session at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right. Well, now that we've improved basketball, um, oh, yeah. Hans, you're oh. more—you're actually more of a baseball and football guy, if I'm not mistaken. That's—is that right? Yeah, I mean, I watch football. I don't—I don't know anything about advanced stats in it or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm big into baseball. I'm, I just bought my All-Star game tickets today. So really, from the yeah. Twins? Are you a season ticket holder? Uh, partial, yeah, the twenty-game right. package with my wife. So, because I thought I saw someone tweeted something along the lines of all-star game tickets were going for five hundred dollars or something like that, and well, you know, each, you do like with the cheapest, you, you do the with your money whatever you want, Hans. But that seems like a little steep to me. Well, the cheapest yeah. trip was four hundred dollars, um, and that's for like way upper deck. But that comes with like the futures game, the celebrities. Whatever <laughs> the celebrity softball, softball game. game, which nobody can wait the, for. The uh, the old timers game, the um, tickets to like they have like a sort of a fan fest for five days. They have so oh, that's right. And then uh, there's something else too. Oh, the oh, all star oh. game. You right there, Clarence? Yeah, okay. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> nobody else. What? Uh, no, I know what happened. Montreal just hit the post on a two on one in overtime. They did. I'm sorry. I'll uh, stop. My God, the original six? No, they're playing Tampa Bay. Yeah, Montreal's got like a shooting like sixty percent Corsi in this game or something like that. Really? Are there real time stats like that available? Yeah, there are. On uh, if you go to like extraskater dot com. So. when when will Hockey Reference be more like extraskater dot com? I'm not trying to criticize you here. I'm just curious. What is? I guess the better way to ask this question would be, what is coming up for HockeyReference.com? Well, since I since I last talked to you, we have uh, name pronunciations. <laughs> you know, I did. I yeah, was reading I the Hockey Reference well. blog the other day, and I saw some of the things that have been added. Name pronunciations is a good one because yeah. you never know. Varlamov, how do you pronounce that? Simon. Simon. <laughs> was I the inspiration for that with my Broden comment? Uh, now I have a Jeopardy anecdote. <laughs> By the uh, way, next April Fool's Day, can you just put up the Clarence Swamptown pronunciation of everything just to see if anybody <laughs> notices? At C Swamptown pronunciation. Simon Farlama. Steve Steve AU. <laughs> well somebody in the office was giving me an idea like uh if you guys ever want to like impress a girl or something like that, I could give you like an AHL page or something like that. So Oh, oh all right. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> there was a pro hockey player with my same real name, so I oh. just can use that. I'll, there also was I'll, Clarence swimming, Screaming Buffalo Swamp Town. Of the... Then there's also a hockey yeah. player that was my fake name. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm covered both ways. Um, so we had play, we added player pictures um, for current active players. Um, but I am actually working on a lot of the advanced stats. Uh, a lot of that that kind of stuff requires a lot more like making sure the numbers are right before we post them. So, yeah. um, and there's just a lot of data processing and cleaning the data and just, just a lot that goes along with that. So that's probably going to be an off season thing that I'm going to be adding that. Um, 
but yeah, if you follow our blog, I try to I try to put something up, you know, every week or two. Sometimes it's just something I can just toss out there. Um, we put like players team totals, so like if they played two years on the Islanders and two years on Colorado, oh, yeah, I saw that's that. all summed up on the bottom. So that one was really popular with people for some reason. So. Um, you never know what's going to be. Super I can't popular. explain that either, but I also found that very nice. I'm not sure <laughs> so, why, but I did like that feature. We also do that for coaches now too. So, um, so where do you where do you find a data set like the all of the advanced stat stuff? Well, the NHL has um, they have like the you know how like baseball has like the pitch effects you can download it from yes. their website. Yes, basically uh, the NHL since 2006 has had the same sort of feed for their live sort of play-by-play mm-hmm. uh, flash tool. And so you can basically down all, download all these reports that have every shot attempt, every block, every penalty, all that stuff. So you download all that, you parse it into a database, and then uh, you can start, you know, after you categorize everything, you can aggregate it up and come up with these stats. So basically you can do these advanced stats back to about 2007, 2006. Sure. Is that... Is that the kind of thing anybody can do, or do you have to talk to the NHL to get that data set? How does that work? It's sort of like the pitch effect stuff. I think it's sort of a – they haven't done anything about it yet, and hopefully they won't. Yeah, well, obviously it would be nice if everybody just made their data open and stuff. But Well, it's sort of like a – you know, it's it helps them out because it raises interest in the mm-hmm. game too. And, you know, it's – It's so weird so. when they figure that out about some stuff but not about other stuff. It's like baseball and the pitch effects data. So they figure out, well, we just want people interested in it, so we're going to make all this pitch effects data freely available. But we're not going to let you, we're not going to let you watch your local team online because that would be crazy talk. Well, no, that that gets into a lot a of billion con- reasons why. Yeah, that's contractual obligations to like the, the the local things. But with the pitch effects stuff, I think it was honestly just an accident. <laughs> the way they built the software, they made that data publicly available, and then they went, "Whoops, we didn't mean to do that." So it'll be interesting to see when they. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but they have a new, a new defensive one coming out. Yeah, they're testing it actually in Target Field, um, and two other parks. But next year, you're going to see they'll be able to track every ball using um, TrackMan, which is a radar system, and then you'll be able to see the routes of all the defensive players <laughs> to get to those balls, and so they can recreate any play. Uh, now, how TrackMan? Track TrackMan? Yeah. Is that what like it's called? It's the yeah. lamest superhero name I've ever heard. Trackman. <laughs> 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 One portion of this numbers. That's a Batman joke, everybody. I'm gonna do this for a while. This is this is gonna be a kind of a boring part of the podcast, but it's gonna be twenty minutes. <laughs> the next twenty minutes. Great. Okay, I'm done now. Okay. But so, uh, yeah, so anyway, next year you'll see <laughs> some pretty cool visualizations and stuff coming out of um, Major League Baseball. How available that data is um, will be a real test to see how committed they are to sort of an open relationship with uh, the advanced stats guys. Well, that be, so well, your, your Willingham TrackMan data is, isn't working. It's just a, just a dot. <laughs> I just, it's just, there are no routes. 
<laughs> no, I no, that's that's it. That's the whole rope. I keep in mind. Uh, don't doubt Trackman. <laughs> According to Trackman, Oswaldo Garcia did not line up on on the field on half the plays he was on. He there's a blue line going up into the stands. Yeah. What the fuck is he, is he getting a hot dog? What's going on here? <laughs> stand. He's sitting with his fan club. That's a little too committed. <laughs> Isn't that going to be some pretty much the biggest data set ever? Though, yeah, with it's all be, that data? I mean, they're not going to be able to give out. No matter what, they wouldn't be able to give out everything because that'd be just gigabytes of data per game. Yeah. Oh, sure. Gigabytes. But, but if they could... <laughs> I have no idea what the gigabyte is. <laughs> is that good? Or... Anyways. It's a lot. It's a big, big number. Oh, Lots of computers. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, but if they could give us like a sort of a simplified feed of that that sort of gives us the position of where a defensive player started and where he caught the ball... Um, and then the track of the, you know, the, the uh, direction of the, that the ball flew, um, that could give us a lot of information about defensive positioning that we just don't have right now. Which would be pretty awesome and would sort of, in some oh, ways, it would settle a lot of defensive debates because we've got, you know, RZR and UZR and stuff that sort of hinted what this stuff is. But as Clarence's fart noises sort of sum up, there's a lot of argument about what the truth actually is. But well, And I think a lot of it is also you could, yeah, it could help us figure out how accurate those those measures are and if they are accurate. So What if it turns out that they're extremely accurate and Clarence just has to deal with that? My, he won't. He'll blame it on no. Stern. Yeah, it'll be Dave Stern or it'll be that I just don't think it's accurate on certain players. Or liberal media bias or the light rail. Refuse to change your mind. I love it. <laughs> One of those things. Um, all right. It, what if it shows that it was terribly inaccurate? Then what? You guys won't say dick. I'll say you something. You guys won't even tell me about it. No, I won't even know about it. I won't <laughs> even find out, and you guys will just stay silent. You'll figure it out, and you'll mention it every four seconds on Twitter. <laughs> I know you would all. Oh, don't, oh, don't Someone will let the somehow, cat out of the bag. I'll somehow have voicemails in my work phone. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Note tape to your front door. How the hell did yeah. he get to Dallas? <laughs> My <hell>? word. <laughs> that would kind of be the most clearance thing to do. I pick him up from school. <laughs> he was here. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, note in your kid's backpack. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing a t-shirt that says, screw why, you, why Brock, bloody from knife Clarence. along with it? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Way too dramatic. Uh, Starts referring to Clarence's daddy instead of, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, one other. Th- <laughs> it got quiet there. One other thing that we wanted to talk about. I'm not actually sure who knows about this, so I'm just going to mention it and let whoever put this on the list take it up. But there's a Packers fan dating site. I think it's called Green Bay Packer Love dot com. That's gross. No. Stop it. That's, that can't possibly no. be true, can it? That's disgusting. I was, okay, well, I will t- the giant grain of salt is I was taking the kids to school this morning, and I had it on a K-Fan, and it was on, I believe it was Meat Sauce who brought it up. So I don't, I really should have researched this before <laughs> putting it on the agenda for the podcast. It could have just been Paul Lambert free associating. Can, but, somebody, um, can somebody look this up? On a computer of I, some I, kind? No. No, this, I don't want to look it up. You know, shows like... I'm not seeing anything. Shows like Babe and books like yeah, Animal Farm, they mislead <laughs> people. 
they know that Fox farm Sports. animals can't actually read, right? And can't use a computer. Like Green Bay Packers Lovers dot com. No, that's what? not a thing. It Green is a dot com. Yep. Uh, yep. A horse. Oh my goodness. Can't wow. use sorry. a computer. Good job, Meat Sauce. <laughs> We're sorry we ever doubted you, Meat Sauce. There's an article on FoxSports.com about it, actually. Oh, no. Why wow. Why would... I presume this also costs $275 a year or whatever their stupid non-voting shares cost? <laughs> There's 25 members online right now. I'll see if I can try to find one. Talk to one. Is but registration free? If registration well, is free, you need to register somebody right now. <laughs> Uh, Brandon, you got experiences. This register as a seventeen-year-old uh, girl. Of course, yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. Uh, we can talk to Hot and Horny Texas. She's from Houston. Oh, God. Tay Cray. She's from Madison. BC Packer kid is a seventeen-year-old. You can't be on here as a good. What? Yeah, this is that's statutory. That's against the law, isn't it? Where is uh, Mark Chimura stand on all <laughs> <laughs> He can't stand up right now. Yeah. Sorry, you know, guys, I'm, uh, I'm just going to stay I'm here sorry. a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hans. You, you didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Go Jamaica is online right now. Packer oh, Jim sure. is online right now. Oh, no, no, no. They've added no. 500 people in the last week. Oh, Burn no. Diesel, 71. <laughs> Burn Diesel. Burn Diesel. <laughs> Big Shaq fan. Packer stock owner. And then uh, about myself, I like America. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> of course he does. It's good to point That's out. That's why I'm wearing these American flag sweatpants to church. <laughs> Wait, those are my nice sweatpants. Most of these people aren't in Wisconsin. <laughs> no, they're really not. Queens, New York. Fargo, North Dakota. Really? That adds up. Arizona Packer fan. My God. Why? Let's say just theoretically that you were a Packers fan in Arizona and you registered for this site. Do you really want to try to find the only other Packers fan in Arizona to try to hook up with? And if so, what do you talk about on the first date? The Packers? Paul Horning. Paul Horning. It's pretty obvious. Yep. I mean... Where does that conversation go exactly? Ice bowl. <laughs> Barf. Barf. Yep. Magic man. Jerry Jerry Kramer. Who's the one that uh, took a dump in a laundry basket? Najee Davenport. Najee Davenport. <laughs> yep. Probably goes there if they have any sense of humor at all. <laughs> I think I know he was a journeyman, but I think he was he was mostly a packer. A packer. We they yeah we we make them claim them claim yep. yes yep you take it. <clears throat> Uh, I think among Vikings fans, Najee Davenport and Mark Chimura really are the two most popular Packers of all time. There's no doubt. It's among real Vikings fans, not the kind of people who got on the Brett Favre bandwagon. That's actually a pretty low number of embarrassing um, roster guys, right? Because I feel like the Vikings probably have like three times as... Terry, you don't have as many rostered players that do embarrassing things. It's more their fans that provide the embarrassment. Um, yeah, that's true. I think yeah. the Vikings roster is just embarrassing by itself. Embarrassing in general, I think, is the way, the way that we look at that. A lot of steam on Bridgewater, though, fellas. A lot of steam. A lot of steam on Bridgewater, really? 
he just when keeps dropping his fire and dropping but they yeah there's a lot of smoke around bridgewater so what happens yeah, if both bridgewater and manzel are available at number eight? Oh, who God. do you take what then if they pass on both of them <laughs> let's let's oh, assume for a second they that they don't on pass on both of them what if they pass on both of them number oh. seven the seventh pick is like a linebacker and they're both there clarence's pants are off immediately <laughs> and i'm then running around choose, the house and they choose like a strong safety and he uses those pants he lights those pants on fire and the entire house blows down that's I'm not it. burning my whole house he i'm not burning my own house he down. doesn't burn his own stuff no i burn the neighbor's true. house down neighbor's house using your pants which were off which is hard because it's not like i just walk outside and there's my neighbor's house i gotta go like across the field with my pants. With your pants off. On fire. Or do I wait until I get there and then set them on fire? Audibly I, crying. It'd take me a while to get there. Yeah. That's Probably what I lose predict happens by the time night. I get there. Clarence, we'll you didn't actually, the we, we didn't actually talk about the NCAA Frozen Four, did we? <sighs> <laughs> I'm not interested in well, talking about it. Well, no. okay. Well, you... you we have to discuss your culpability in the loss, John. Yeah, I mean, John takes the last week. You know, right now, any all podcast listeners can only hear me because I've turned Stu off because he's such a jerk. I've never done this before in the history of the podcast, but I'm doing this right now. So podcast listeners, just listen to me. It was a painful Saturday. These things happen. You no. dismiss. And Stu's off again. I, I think he's going to go for a while. I don't know exactly how long he's going to go for, but... I'll just let him rant, and you guys can listen to me. I don't know what else you can say. It was a tough one. I really wanted the Gophers to win because they're my favorite hockey team, and they didn't, so we just move on from that. I want to hear what Stu has to say. (laughs) I want to hear what Stu has to say because I need somebody to blame. You said the Dutchmen of the four teams had no chance of winning. It was either going to be Boston College, uh, the team from North Dakota that doesn't have a name, or the University of Minnesota Hockey Dukes. And you said, you said the thing to know about the Union, my Dutchman, was that they were from Schenectady. That was their claim to fame. And now they have a championship banner that says, John Marthaler. How do you like us now? Look at us now. Look at us now. Oh, man. Sorry. Anyway. Team Stu. My Dutchman showed you, and that's the important thing. Stu, they're not your Dutchman. You know they're not. You just want to try to tweak everybody else. You know what that makes you? That makes you a jerk. <laughs> that's, that's true. I think I'm the I, most I don't, Dutch. I, I, I don't most deny that. I'm on this right now. <laughs> I don't deny that. And I, I despise <laughs> the Dutchman. So. <laughs> you are the most Dutch person I know. Yeah, we got <laughs> we got several tweets your, from your people name who is more Dutch than Dutch. Yeah. I mean, we did get tweets I, from several I, people who were Dutch. angry about you be being Dutch. Of Dutchland. Exactly. <laughs> That's fine. Just by putting your name in the ring. Yep, we'll take him. Yep, it sounds good to me. Yep. He cares about it. I honestly did not know there was a Union College until I saw the Frozen Four. <laughs> I, I had no clue. They were good, man. I watched them. They were. My, yeah, my Dutchman really showed up on Saturday. I don't think anyone's going to deny that. <laughs> lucky to even get second place because they um, – I watched probably two-thirds of that UND game, and they really got their asses handed to them. Like, they, they were for, they were not even close to the best team playing um, for the majority of that game. Am I wrong? No. No, wrong. North Dakota was playing really well. 
Yeah, I mean, they just outscaped them every single minute I watched, basically. But yeah, Minnesota I mean, looked like ice. they were just going to – they thought they had the game without even trying both times. Yeah, pretty much. And they didn't really – I mean, Union, what, scored like 22, 23 goals or something? The crazy amount of goals. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah, in the 20s. Well, they scored in the 20s. In yeah, low 20s. Two minutes, was it? What? Yeah, just yes. an insane amount of points, hockey points. Hockey points, yeah. Hockey points, yeah. yeah. Hockey yeah. friends. Yeah. Touchdowns. Hockey yeah. touchdowns. They got there. Yeah, that's a Union's, Yeah, Union's Fezzelwick was just crazy for that game. Off the chain. The Gophers scored with .6 seconds left. It that was, was an amazing. That was one amazing. of the most beautiful goddamn things against, I've against ever seen. The, your arch rival. Oh. I mean, that was... I mean, that just... A gut punch for anybody who roots for North Dakota. Oh, just an absolute <laughs> gut punch. I will. I I will say I was <sighs> amazed. Maybe it's just the people I follow. I will. I was amazed at how quickly they went from celebrating to uh, yelling about how much UND sucks. Like almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it was immediate. He was like, "Oh, yeah, fuck you, UND." <laughs> <laughs> That is exactly what I said as I ran around my yard. <laughs> just out in the front yard, like just with my shirt off, hands in the air. Double guns facing Fuck north. You, UND. I did over get over and over again. I did so get a text what, from I mean, Clarence. Like you hate them that much? Are they just because they've been a rival for so many years? I don't know if there's a team on earth that I would care about that much to be. Brandon, at. I, I have gone to. I, I couldn't tell you how many games at UND up in Grand Forks. I've gone to how many games up there as a Gopher fan. And I don't know how to, I guess, fully articulate the way that you're treated as a Gopher fan up there. Okay. I uh, Then I, I went to NDSU and lived in North Dakota for five years. Um, that gives you a certain sort of special hatred of UND that I don't think you can quite cultivate here in the Twin Cities. It's a personal cultivate. Oh, it, you know, I hated UND before I went up there and I, you know, I've, my hatred has grown since I moved back to Minnesota. But again, you, there's a special kind of hatred that gets fostered by living in Fargo. Sure. It's a okay. Special kind of UND hatred. I hate them so much. I hate them. All other teams combined that I hate, don't equal my UND hockey hatred. Right, because that can't, like, nothing in Wisconsin, like, the Packers losing is kind of funny to me a little bit, but I don't ever, it's nothing like the hate, the the pure, um, it just rage that I, that I felt through, through Twitter um, about that was, it was really a sight to see. It was amazing. I couldn't speak about the game before it. I couldn't, I didn't afterwards. I couldn't. It was, I was frozen. I was, uh, the, the amount of happiness that just coursed through my veins when yeah. they scored a point six seconds, and then when I realized oh, it led Sports Center, it was the it was the leadoff was college hockey semifinal led Sports Center. But you were too busy just screaming slurs at people yeah. as well as <laughs> <laughs> it made known. I never saw it once on Sports you know, Center. You have an oil patch. Well, here's seventeen <laughs> reasons about your grandmother. And, uh, <laughs> 
Oh God, it was one so thing wonderful. that added to it for at least me was, and I don't know if it's necessary. I, I don't know the best way for for a, a game to end. I suppose if you could choose it, but it was so out of left field. That was the weirdest part. The shock that it happened. It didn't look like they were even going to do shit. I mean, the, it was going to overtime. That was weird. Brandon, Brandon it, it, it was a shorty too, Brandon, which is shorty. a hockey term. Oh yeah, and the guy shorty. hadn't scored all year long. Yeah, a shorty. Everything about ball. it. Yep. It was so unexpected. I, I was—I mean, I was happy. Obviously, I, I love—I love the Gophers, but I was just like in shock for so long that I just didn't see it coming. It was—it was just a weird way to end a game. I can't remember anything like that. I got a text from Clarence when the game was over that I still don't understand. That went something along the lines of "I don't broke my arm." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. I, can't I don't know what that so means. Much. I was trying to parse perhaps an autocorrect issue. I'm not sure what that. I couldn't get anything else out of that. Uh, it was probably like ten minutes after. I didn't text you right away. It had to be because I literally did run out the back the door out the back door in the basement here. Just ran, jumped no up way. out of the chair I'm sitting in, ran out in the yard. Then I realized they may review it because it was so close to the end, mm-hmm. and sprinted back in, praying to God that. They didn't overturn it, then I realized they hadn't, and I ran back outside. Hmm. I wow. hope to someday hate something that much. You must have felt so alive. It was so glorious, and it over it does make the loss to Union feel so so much. It makes it makes it so much easier to swallow. I will say that I genuinely feel bad for North Dakota fans because not only has not not hold on hold on hear me out hear me out (laughs) not only did they lose their best rivalry really the only rivalry that matters in college in for their hockey team now they lose this game which had to be incredibly depressing if I had been on the other end of it I would have been absolutely despondent and that's like having seventeen lineouts in baseball yeah. And the other thing is, their other big rivalry is North Dakota State, who is awesome at everything. North Dakota State is national champions in football. They're making the making March Madness in basketball, winning the conference and stuff. It's just there's no competition between North Dakota and North Dakota State right now. And then the only thing they had was hockey, and the WCHA is gone, and now they lose this in the Frozen Four. It just must be a depressing time to be a North Dakota. So great. John, it's great. Just this in a sext. Okay, we don't need to hear this. I love it so much. (sighs) So, anyway, and then Saturday was awful, and I don't want to talk about it. Yes, it was. Well, it was interesting. No. They got there, right, guys? No. Yeah. No, not. No, no, that's not enough for the. Yeah. That's not enough for the Gophers in hockey. No, hockey Duke. Well, I don't. Uh, Turn Brandon's I, mic off now, too. Yeah, I, I don't. I got yelled at by a couple of guys on Twitter for comparing it to Duke Mercer. Well, rightfully it, so. I know, Ass. rightfully. Well, again, well, again, I I was going off of John's word that Union wasn't any good. And clearly they're like third in the country all year. What I said was, what I said was Union. I didn't didn't say they weren't good. I said they were untested. John John Marthaler. I said they were untested. Now Stu's mic's off again. This is kind of fun, actually. I never thought of doing this before, but this actually is, it's very freeing. (laughs) Sir Wanga. 
<laughs> and I got yelled at on Twitter by like a couple like you know gopher holers who are just you know <laughs> like well, talking nuke bursar is an invalid hashtag. It's like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know who plays for St. Cloud State and they're my team. Jesus, I'm tired of it, John, and it's because of you. Anyway, my, but my Dutchman won, so there you go. Anyway, oh, you always carry your Dutchman. I hope Do it keeps snowing in St. Clouds, Do I hope it keeps snowing? <laughs> yes, it actually. They already got school two hours late tomorrow. Oh my kids God. are just kids are enthused. I think it's about mid March every year when I stop even making a, the slightest joke um, about um, the weather in Minnesota because that's when it gets to be like beyond annoying and into um, mental breakdown territory. Yeah, then it's mean. I mean, yeah, it's really it's just, mean. Just very sympathetic head shakes every time my parents or in-laws FaceTime me. Like, dude, I, I'm so, I don't, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry to hear this. So no poking fun tonight. Thank you. Thank you. It's not fun. No, no, doesn't seem like it. Just want to like eat Cheetos and drink dark beer and just be sad about things. Listen to. Joy Division or something. Yeah, pretty much. Routine bites hard and listens long roll. <laughs> Is that my right uh, That was my Ian Curtis. So. Really good. Really good. Not, that was not good at all. He'd kill himself all over again. If he heard that. <laughs> Once again, I think that was Eddie Vedder. <laughs> no, I didn't growl. Yeah, that's Ian true. Curtis, that's the guy that played Gandalf in the... <laughs> That's Ian McKellen, you ding-dong. Oh. <laughs> yeah, got... did, we, did, did we lose John, by the way? No. I was, uh, John's, I was just okay. John's still angry about the Dutchman. You know, and, uh, <laughs> dismissing in the Schenectady. <laughs> I also want to point out that for about the last ten minutes or so, I've been looking down at Hans's picture, and he's just shaking his head back and forth. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why did I agree yeah. to this? Why am I here? Him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Hans, do you have anything else to mention before we kick off for the evening? Um, not really. We added hat trick leaders to the hockey reference. So, no. Who is the all-time Minnesota hat trick leader? Do we know that? Minnesota hat trick leader? I don't know. Let me see here. Can, I mean, can you sort it by city so that we can find out North Stars and Bobby Smith? That's Gabrick. Yeah, the Wild is going to be Gabrick for sure. I would think, but Minnesota how about the North native, Stars? You're asking. Well, I'm not Minnesota native. I'm thinking North Stars slash Wild. I'm still say Gabrick. I'm thinking like when when the Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens. I remember there being a big deal about how they left the name and the history behind so that all of the current Browns team records are still held by, you know, Bernie Kosar and Why couldn't they do that with the oh, North that's Stars? That's adorable. That was what nice people. Crazy. That was exactly the point that I was trying to make, Clarence. Why couldn't they do that with the North Stars? Why couldn't they why leave don't the name? They, I don't know. Why don't why can't the North why can't the Wild just go down there and I don't know who the Dallas owner is anymore, but just nope. But it's ours. You got to change your name, Dallas. I don't give a fuck. That's not our problem. We are now the North Stars. We are getting all your records. That Stanley Cup victory in the late '90s—that's ours. Um, <laughs> no, that was everything you have it's is taking a little too much now. <laughs> no, nope. now it's getting no. a little crazy. I'm, I'm taking no. your car. I'm driving it back. Um, I, I think that I went to a, um, a Dallas Stars game this year, 
and they did some trivia thing between periods or at a stoppage or whatever, like a, a history of the of the stars, and you know, the answers were like. Uh, one of the answers was like Neil Broughton or whatever, like old North Stars, and nobody had any fucking clue what they were talking about. They don't care. That's my who's point. All time assist leader, Neil Broughton. People are just looking around like, who the fuck? Who is that? <laughs> Never heard That's of them. So sad. Just take it back. They don't. You guys don't, care, don't care down there. We don't, don't want care. name them. I don't know what would be a good Texas name. The the assholes. Name them. I don't know. Name them. The Wang Buildings. The Wang buildings. buildings. Yes. The WB. The WBs. <laughs> and uh, take the North Stars back. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody here would uh, mind. Uh, I don't think many of them would notice. We can support two like, No, it's teams actually always way. been the Wang buildings. You'd be like, oh, I thought it was the. No, all right, cool. I no, get I'm, say- I'm not saying we have two hockey team signs. I'm saying. Scrap the wild name altogether. Colors, everything. Oh, just take it's the name. Gone, and just take the North Stars name, jersey, every, take it all back. History, the wild never existed. They are now the Minnesota North Stars, and they adopt everything that they had before. What about like the, happening what about in like basketball the next Jets? year? The Bobcats are changing themselves back to the Hornets. Are they? Because really? the newer, the new, I think so. Unless it didn't get approved, but the New Orleans Hornets decided to go to the Pelicans. Which Some is of the awesome. Kids were like, uh, "Fucking, can we have that name?" And they're like, "Yeah, take it. I, I don't want it. I, I have no need for the Hornets anymore." So they're like, "Yeah, all right, we'll be the Charlotte Hornets again." Why can't we do this? What yeah, is? What's I have the whole no idea why you would like, the Lakers this? change their name? Couldn't the Timberwolves be like, "Hey, man, can we have that?" That'd be why cool. is that bad? That'd be awesome. It'll never happen, but it happens in basketball because it's a smart um, sport. Well, it happens oh, in basketball because it's next to arena league football. They're basically Next the same thing. Arena League football. Yeah. In... No, Arena League football is much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, <laughs> uh, Good. Very good. Well, I'm on board, Clarence, if you want to do a Kickstarter or something. I don't do that kind of stuff. I just the brute force and ignorance route. Uh, <laughs> just I don't know what to do, but threaten to burn down their stadium if they don't give us back the name. Something along, That's more along my... That, that's the neighborhood I live in. Clarence yeah, how's is, that working out for you? Clarence is not good at money raising. One time, I actually <laughs> tried to get him... We were going to raise money for charity if he would eat a taco for the first time in his life, and he wouldn't do it. Nope. No, zero chance. Uh, you haven't eaten a taco? <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> I think the last ten minutes of every episode since has been about tacos. And how Clarence wow. won't eat one. Yeah, he refuses. He thinks it's just a shitty version of a hamburger. Like, he doesn't know that there are, like, chicken wow. tacos and pork tacos yeah, and, like, really good. That yeah. sounds miserable. Yeah. Actually, more of, like, a sloppy Joe than a hamburger. I know. Yeah, he doesn't have any idea. That's he weird. He refuses to learn. I don't need to learn. I, I know what I know. Uh huh. You do. <laughs> no <laughs> argument do. there. Anybody else got anything to mention before we go here? Other than Stu laughing wildly? That just got to me. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so we yelled at John about the Dutchman thing, which is great. Culpability. Uh, uh, Taking responsibility for actions. (laughs) 
<laughs> Billboard material. Anything about the Twins? Uh, we don't talk about the 2014 Twins, Hans. We'll only mention something oh, if it relates right. to the 2015 that's, Twins. That's right. I think if they get above 500, we'll talk about them. Well, uh, Byron, I think that's a fair rule. We don't. We're trying not to talk about sad things either. Just the good parts of the 2015 and 16 Twins. I don't think there is anything anymore. What happened uh, to Buxton? Uh, oh, he got yeah. injured. Well, yeah. yeah, Buxton died. Yeah, until May. So, Gibson looks great. great. Because Minnesota can't have nice things. Correct. I will say, just to be dumb, I've picked up Aaron Hicks, Alex Meyer, and Kyle Gibson for my fantasy baseball team. Gee, what? what is this, like a 60-person league? Exactly. I'm trying to make the other people in my league laugh because it is not a 60-person league. Aaron Hicks, like on the Twins? I mean, yes. what is Aaron his Hicks? ceiling? Fourth outfielder? <laughs> Apparently. Right Oh, he looks better. like shit, doesn't now he? Now it looks like fourth outfielder. I'm losing yeah, my mean, faith in him. Yeah, I don't know. He does not look very good. Um, no, I have nothing to say about the Twins. They they bore me to death. Who's your you second like baseball? baseball team, Brandon? Yeah. My second baseball team is the A's, but I'm just sort of not. Oh, uh, there's too many games, man. You, it's hard to find a second baseball team, but it's always been it's always been the A's. I just don't pay a ton of attention to them throughout the year. I just hope that they make the postseason, so I have something more fun to cheer for during that. But my, I think actually my second team is um, hating the Cardinals, and then my third favorite is the A's. That's I like, I like the right hating now. the Cardinals aspect. I think we can get on board mm-hmm. with that. Yep, they're the worst. I just try to think of the A's are just. And maybe the the Rays and a little bit of the Red Sox, although they're somewhat of a train wreck at times. But it's so hard to find franchises that every single year you at least respect the moves that they made, no matter what. Like, either they work out or they don't, you still, as a fan, know, I trust these guys implicitly. They know more than me. They're working hard. They're always trying to, you know, whatever. And we don't have, I don't know, there's probably just, I don't know, maybe two or three franchises in each sport that that have that sort of thing and i don't know i just tend to at times when it's especially if you've got some sort of challenge like the a's i like those franchises the best and like thinking hard and not about just like buying that's why the red sox don't quite apply but but for sure the a's and the rays if i was a fan of that i'd be really happy and proud to be a fan of that franchise so that's why they're my team you're a fan of <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a nerd bandwagon fan. Like, well played. Whoever the nerd like. You know, between but the I rugby hate... and the making fun of Brandon, we should probably just add Hans to this podcast every week. I mean, That's I hate the Lakers, and I hate the Yankees, and I hate the Cardinals, and the Cowboys, and the Packers, and. Whatever. If the fan base is too annoying, that overcomes everything for me. That's like the number one thing. But if they don't have that and they're a really, really smartly run organization, I tend to enjoy watching those guys because I kind of like the front, again, like the nerdy, like front office aspect. Like as much as I want to hate, yeah, yeah. As much as I want to hate the Patriots, like 99% of me wants to hate the Patriots, but I can't because I really respect what they do and it's really difficult for me to do so. I just yeah. find myself rooting for those assholes, and it's the Patriots kind of, cheat. That's the difference is that they're easy to hate because of the cheating. 
I wish they were, man. I really want to hate them. I'm trying so hard. Well, you're going to find out. Year. Eventually, it'll all get exposed. Just remember, they're from Boston. That makes it a lot easier to hate them. I know. I know, man. Everything tells me you should hate and these the guys. And the fans. Yeah. The fans are terrible. Fucking but that's the good thing about yeah. the Tampa and you liking Tampa and Houston and Oakland is that they don't have any fans. They don't? Hate. Like, you, you right. can't yeah. hate their fans because they don't. Houston, Houston, Houston their only fans. Has no fans. Are other nerds? That's their mm-hmm. only other fans. Are you know the saber guys just jerk off to the A's? Just oh oh A's oh Billy Bean. Just, that's the only people, and so and but y'all like each other, so then you can't. Yeah, we're very close. We just circle jerk every week, every time we see each other on the Google Hangouts. And the A's don't do anything, right? They don't get anywhere. No, they're they're I'm good. Joking. They're really good. Yeah. No, I mean, the Rays and the A's are both really good teams. I'll be yeah. curious to see if the Astros turn it around. Yeah, they've got some really interesting things going on there as well, so it might take a few years still, but um, we'll see. But I'm I'm just a, a sucker for those nerd organizations like that. Um, you know, basketball has a few. I, I don't know if there's – I don't know about hockey at all, obviously, so no, really only those three sports. There's, yeah. I just know that the Maple Leafs are anti-stat, so I hate them more than anything. Which is great. <laughs> it's just good to have teams like that. Yeah. I mean, I respect those teams, like the A's and stuff, but I just have too much tribalism in me to to root for anything. I mean, I lived in Chicago, so I can root for the Cubs because they're in the National League, but I would rather see the Twins become an analytic team than start following an analytic That's true. That yeah, you're nice. right. It's too, damn long, it's too long of a season to actually care about more than one team or really even one league like for me it's just like mostly yeah. al i have no idea what's going on in the national league at all it's good um that's true yeah it's a bummer because basketball you can for sure easily follow two or three teams if you like um um football you know you could easily as you know a couple teams too but baseball is just not going to work so oh well i've been to four games this year already so i don't know good god <laughs> That's amazing. Get help, my friend. Get help. I know. I feel like it's been like 15 degrees every game. No, it's actually last last week. It was nice. It was in the 50s or 60s. It was going to be 70 on Monday, so we just got to get that foot and a half of freaking snow in my front yard to melt, and it'll all be a good. Got to effort through, guys. Got to effort in. A lot of efforting. So much. So much efforting. I'm down to 3% on my phone, by the way, John. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap it up before I have to, before we mute Stu just because his phone's dead. Uh, we want to thank Hans for coming on the podcast again. It was nice of him to You're welcome. come and shake his head so disappointedly at us for an hour and a half. Um, it's a tradition of all of our guests. Yeah. <laughs> really and they're just like, why do I do this? But then they forget and yeah. they come back. It's amazing. <laughs> That's the important thing. So you can follow him on Twitter at at Can't Pitch. You can go to at Hockey, at Hockey Reference. You can go to HockeyReference.com and see all his handiwork there. He's blog there. So go ahead and check all those things out because they're awesome. Uh, for the rest of you, we'll see you. Bye. Uh, good luck. Bye, guys.